we have an exclusive announcement from a Sports Aligned brand on their next move in that direction. Plus, we have Eddie Olchek to bring in the NHL season. It's Tuesday, October 10th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Very excited to be joined now by the CMO of State Farm, Kristen Cook. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. So State Farm has a couple of athletes that it works with on a long-term basis, namely Patrick Mahomes and Chris Paul. And I understand that you can announce your latest long-term deal with an athlete on this podcast. Absolutely. So I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And when you think about State Farm, we've largely been synonymous with sports. And I'm very proud of the place we play in sports culture, whether it's our non-endemic partnerships, it's investing in arenas, working with teams and athletes. And so I'm really excited to officially welcome Caitlin Clark to the team State Farm athlete roster. She joins Patrick Mahomes and Chris Paul. In fact, she's our first collegiate athlete on the roster. And I had the privilege of officially welcoming her um, in the only way that State Farm can, where I presented her with a pair of khakis that she can wear very proudly. <laughs> All right. Very nice. Uh, so, yeah, why why Caitlin Clark of the the universe of athletes of, you know, and of, of famous athletes, um, there are many you could potentially approach. Why her? I think you're right. There's so many great athletes out there that are inspiring, um, that are making an impact in their sport. I think for us, um, in this moment of time, um, Caitlin, she's as special as a player as she is a person. And so she embodies what it means to be a good neighbor. So, Certainly, we've seen it's her hard work. Um, this commitment to excellence she has on the courts is just incredible. Um, but that translates to off the court, too. She's She wants to help others. She's making an impact into our community. And so we think it's a good fit um, for our team. And I think when you think about our brand in particular, um, I think we pride ourselves that we're at the top of our game. And we want to align our brand with athletes who are also at the top of our game. And of their game. And so I think she demonstrates that. And when you think about just the, the past season, the anticipation of this next season coming up, she, she was a major driver um, along with, with so many others around the excitement of women's basketball and just women's sports at large, but she's also remained humble through it all. And, and, and she wants to inspire the next generation um, while the spotlight's on her. I think she handles it really well, but at the same time, she also shines that spotlight on her teammates. And so when you think about joining Team State Farm in particular, um, we're just really excited to have her. Yeah, and she does, I mean, not to like reduce this to checking boxes, but she she's in a couple categories that, you know, some people like Chris Paul and Mahomes are not. She's a woman. She's a collegiate athlete, as as you mentioned. Um, was that an important part of, you know, finding your next big athlete to um, to reach a broader audience? Absolutely. And so I think, you know, we invest in sports in particular. And I said earlier, it's, it's part of our business strategy. We want to reach large, engaged audiences. We want to increase our brand recognition and our awareness. We want to create this strong emotional connection with fans. And I think we, we continue to largely do that. I think we continue to be best in class in the ways that we do that. Yet at the same time, we've been a long supporter of women's sports. 
and our investments relative to raising the visibility through WNBA, the NCAA, some of the things we recently done with the Women's World Cup. And so we felt it was an opportunity to kind of meet the moment, right? We're, I think we're seeing an inflection point with women's sports in so many different ways. And we just thought it was the, the right time for us. Um, and she's the right person in particular. And I think we look forward to being on this journey with her. I'm curious about not so that's kind of the overarching, you know, the kind of person you're looking for, the, you know, the sort of athlete, you know, what, um, you know, the various you know, demographics and, um, but then for the the person itself, I mean, with Chris Paul and Mahomes, you feel like not just like they're incredibly famous, talented athletes, um, who people have a certain you know, feeling with on the court or on the field, but also that you get a sense of their personality. And that seems to be somewhat reflected in, in your ads. And just, you know, it seems to kind of jive with um, other stuff you know about them. For when when you get kind of closer to working with an athlete, is there some kind of audition process or interview process where you decide like, okay, this person on paper makes a lot of sense, but now we have to decide if the human being makes sense. I think that's very well said. And so I think first and foremost, um, you know, the phenomenal playing field that they, they are on and what they demonstrate, I think that's, that's really, really important. Um, and then beyond that, we look at, you know, what's the impact that they make in the community? <clears throat> what's their commitment there? Um, what's the core values of helping others? And it's not just that winning attitude on the court, but how do they demonstrate that? And so I think that's an important piece of it that we, we like to understand. And then I think then we spend time with them. And so I've had the opportunity to do that with Caitlin in particular. And, you know, she has a wonderful family. Um, she loves the state of Iowa. She's very proud to represent the team um, in particular. And so she's very big on, on the team. It's not just about her. And so I think, you know, those qualities are, are certainly things that we look for. And then certainly there's the dotting the I's and crossing the T's. I think that's important. Um, but for us, I think it's the blend of just, you know, these phenomenal athletes in particular, but then how do they translate it around, you know, leadership, their, their character, their sportsmanship, um, in tangible ways. And I think Caitlin certainly does that. And, you know, I think her personality in particular, and we see that kind of play out on the court is that, you know, she's confident. And I think sports is, is such an important piece to help build life skills in particular and hard work and resilience and excellence. And, um, you know, I think a lot of young people can look up to some of these tremendous athletes and say, I can be anything I want to be. And so I think, I think she's reflective of that. And, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why we made her the first, you know, collegiate athlete on, on our team. You've already alluded to this, um, already, but, um, insurance companies can, I mean, we've seen their marketing campaigns go in every possible direction. Some are really goofy. Some really try to project solidity. State Farm, I think, is very associated with sports. So what what goes into that decision to kind of align yourself as sort of the um, uh, with sports generally and, and you know, with, with these athletes in particular? Um, I think first and foremost, um, it's about our business strategy. I said it earlier. We want to connect with audiences. And I, I think we're 
trying to do that more so with the younger generations while at the same time ensuring that, you know, everyone sees State Farm as a, as a place for them. And um, I talked about it earlier. We, we don't just say it, we mean it. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And so it's that emotional connection that we make with fans. And I think when we think about sports in generally, general, it's kind of the, the last area for, you know, people to watch live and it brings families together, communities together, neighbors together in particular. And that's the essence of who we are. And so I think it's just such a strong opportunity for us um, to align our brand with sports and to, to help people, you know, not just enjoy themselves, but to also think about, you know, alignment with our values and and how we strive to protect what matters most to people and, and, and be a good neighbor. And I think people like Caitlin Clark in particular and Patrick Mahomes and Chris Paul, um, you know, they're great symbols of, of our, our um, you know, mission in order to do that. All right. Sounds good. Kristen Cook, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. The LA 28 Organizing Committee announced on Monday that they are recommending cricket, flag football, baseball, softball, lacrosse, and squash to have a place in these summer games when they come to Los Angeles. Lacrosse and cricket both have U.S.-based leagues that are seeking to build an audience. Major League Cricket launched this year, and the T20 World Cup is coming to the U.S. and West Indies next year. T20 is a form of cricket where matches take around two and a half hours, unlike traditional cricket, which can take two and a half days. Baseball's inclusion presents the question of whether MLB and its teams will allow star major league players to participate in the Olympics in the middle of their season. But the most interesting inclusion here may be flag football. The NFL is growing internationally with games in the UK, Mexico, and Germany this year and France, Spain, Portugal, Brazil, and Australia all on the radar. It's pushing flag football to make sure that youth athletes have an option without the same concussion concerns that tackle football has, and it is also seen as a way to bring more women into the sport. The pro ball shifted to flag football last year, and NFL executive Troy Vincent went as far as to say, when we talk about the future of the game of football, it is no question, flag. The International Olympic Committee will vote next week on whether flag football and the five other sports will be elevated to the biggest international stage. The NHL season begins tonight, go Devils, and the league is seeing signs of growth on a few fronts. The salary cap could rise to nearly 87 or 88 million next season from 83.5 million this year. And the cap has kept the NHL's top earners in the 10 to 13 million salary range, with the Colorado Avalanche's Nathan McKinnon the lone exception at 16.5 million this season. Off the ice, NHL players still pale in comparison to their counterparts in other sports. Per Forbes, Alex Ovechkin and Connor McDavid each make $5 million in endorsements and the like, and the others in the league's top 10 earners make around $3 million off the ice combined. LeBron James, for comparison, makes $80 million off the court. However, things are looking good enough for the NHL that the league is thinking about expanding beyond 32 teams, with Atlanta the current frontrunner for a new franchise. The Vegas Golden Knights paid $500 million to enter the league, the Seattle Kraken paid $650 million, and for any new teams, that number is likely only to get bigger. Up next, my colleague Doug Greenberg spoke to Eddie Olchek. Olchek had a 16-year NHL career, and now his broadcasting career is longer than that. He was TNT's lead color commentator during the Stanley Cup Finals last season, and that conversation is coming up next. Joining the podcast now is an NHL player turned longtime broadcaster who has been one of the NHL's most prominent voices on television, calling 16 Stanley Cup finals. Welcome to the show, Eddie Olchek. Eddie, how you doing? I'm doing well, Doug. Nice to be with you again. Hope you're well. And uh, 
selfishly, uh, this is the best time of year. We got the uh, Stanley Cup, uh, or excuse me, the the regular season starting off and a long uh, regular season to get ready for the Stanley Cup. But uh, also, uh, it's right around the Breeders' Cup and we got uh, the Super Bowl of uh, horse racing coming up in early November. So as I like to say, uh, pucks and ponies at this time of year. Doesn't get much better. Maybe come playoff time when you got the triple crown and what have you, but uh, it's a fun time of year. So it's always good to chat with you. And uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I I uh, I would have thought you said, well, all four major sports are playing right now. <laughs> you know, it's a great time of year. The weather's turning and all that. But yeah, of course, the horse racing. I, I should have figured that was going to come into play that, here. That, yeah, that's that's why I said selfishly. Yeah, my, uh, you know, whatever my little world is. So uh, yeah, all is good and uh, a great time of year. So looking forward to kicking off the season uh, on, T- on, on TNT, an original six matchup, the Bruins and Blackhawks. So I'll be there for... Connor Bedard's second game in the National Hockey League because, of course, he opens up on opening night on uh, ESPN and uh, they're in Pittsburgh, the Blackhawks will. So should be a lot of fun uh, opening night. And, oh, by the way, it's only the 100th season of the uh, Boston Bruins. So lots going on in Beantown on uh, Wednesday night. You know, let's let's get get into that matchup. Let's get into, um, you know, obviously you're a big Blackhawks guy. You're a big Chicago guy. Um, and, you know, you already mentioned we, we can't go one sentence without talking about Connor Bedard. He is the the next big thing in this league. Um, you know, I don't think we've heard hype around somebody uh, in quite some time. Um, you know, certainly not since an Austin Matthews or a Connor McDavid. Um, you know, this kid's supposed to be the real deal. You know, what's your what's your thoughts about how he's going to impact you know the Blackhawks and the league in general? Yeah, I mean, I would even say too. I, I think the hype is 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 as much as Sid was, and I happen to be coaching in Pittsburgh, Sidney Crosby. That is. You know, I was coaching at Pittsburgh at that particular time, so I saw it firsthand, the uh, the build-up, the excitement level, and uh, a, a lot of the same feelings with Sid as there has been with with, uh, with Connor Bedard. I, I don't think that there's any doubt about that. I mean, you got a couple of situations where, you know, teams were rebuilding and uh, building through the draft and, uh, you know, just kind of hoping and praying and all of a sudden you know uh you know the Blackhawks end up winning the lottery and how how about this Doug how about Anaheim back in 2000 and I guess that was five them and the and the Penguins us at that time because I was coaching there those are the last two teams standing for Sidney Crosby now fast forward to 2023 the last two teams standing the Blackhawks and the Ducks and the Blackhawks end up winning the lottery. So look how close Anaheim, and look at Anaheim's had a hell of a run. They had some great teams and obviously, you know, winning their championships. But you just think about the fortunes of how the ball bounces or what have you in in those two teams. So long-winded, look at getting to Connor Bedard. I've never seen him play in person. I've only seen him on tape and obviously watching him in the World Juniors. But the people that I talk to that have seen him in person, uh, his coach in juniors, uh, John Paddock, was my coach in Winnipeg for three years and was also my general manager for a couple of years. So uh, I know John extremely well. I had a great conversation with him the other day. And I think when you look at the 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 skill level, you look at the ability to shoot the puck, the ability to put himself in those areas to be very productive not only to shoot but also to play make 
Uh, I don't know if he gets enough credit for his playmaking ability. Now, again, that is a lower level. That is the World Juniors. What he did at this last World Junior Championship for Canada, we we have never we've never seen that before. Uh, he averaged, I think, just under three points a game in the playoffs last year in the Western Hockey League. So the buildup and the hype just seems to be off the charts. But I think what everybody talks about that sees him, and obviously talking about John Paddock as junior coach, um, is just his ability to process. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him play, and I'm very excited about uh, calling his second game. You know, we're talking a lot about these two original six franchises, uh, Boston, Chicago. Um, one of the hot topics, certainly this offseason, it seems to be a little bit every offseason, but one of the hot topics has been the the ch- chatter about expansion, teams, poten- teams potentially moving. Um, you know, there are a lot of teams that come up all the time, Quebec City, uh, Hamilton, Houston, Kansas City. Uh, those are the ones just kind of flying around right now. You know, I wanted to see if you had any thoughts about should the league be expanding should any of the teams be moving who do you think uh which cities might be you know kind of the best fits for for a national hockey league franchise yeah i mean this is a real sensitive area because i was in uh, winnipeg uh for 1.0 i guess so to speak um you know i think that that's something that for me uh i was there when the team left and went to arizona went to phoenix before the team from Atlanta ended up going back to Winnipeg and being the Jets 2.0. So um, I know it's really tough in some cities. I mean, obviously, Arizona is the easy team to, to look at right now just because of, you know, the building issue or not getting a building and, and where, you know, what's going to end up happening. So, you know, look, I, I think that it seems like the majority of the league is very healthy. There's no doubt that if you're looking to expand, I'm not talking about moving or, you know, relocate. I'm talking about expansion and uh, being a part of Seattle now and doing their local games in Seattle. um, You know, you're looking at a pretty hefty price tag to get in the door. So, you know, look at we we all know that money talks doesn't matter what business or or what sport it is. So I I think uh, the stability and you see what the commissioner, Gary Bettman, and the deputy commissioner, Bill Daly, been able to do with this league over the course of, you know, just let's just go, you know, 15 to 20 years. Yeah, Arizona's been, you know, turmoil and it's been really, you haven't been able to get really some solid ground. But when they have had, you know, positive teams and teams that were in the playoffs, I mean, it's been the backing has been there. You know, I don't know if the move out to Glendale, obviously that was, you know, it, it was, you know, the idea was there, but it just probably didn't play out the way that everybody thought. So Arizona is one issue, but, um, you know, you keep hearing a lot about Atlanta. Uh, you know, we've had two tries in Atlanta as well. And, 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 and it, you know, for whatever reason, wasn't able to, you know, to be elongated there with the flames and then obviously with the thrash. So be interesting to see, but look, I, I think it's good for business. Uh, you see what Ottawa sold for here recently. Um, so I think the, uh, the business of the National Hockey League is, uh, seems, to be, seems to be good and the product uh, is good as it's been in a very, very long time. And that's a real positive. And you know, most places uh, get, you know, get the full boat and get the full crowds and everybody seems to enjoy the product. And uh, uh, it'll be a lot of fun to see how this all shakes out. Yeah, as you said, money talks. And, uh, you know, I, I think the chatter around it sort of at the end of the day it's good for the league right it gets more people interested more people thinking yeah thinking that they might get a team um you know before i let you go by the way i just want to um 
shift gears one more time. I want to talk a little bit about the TNT broadcast this season. Uh, see if you guys have anything new planned. I know there's one new change, which is that your buddy, your buddy Brian Boucher is back in the fold uh, with with you and Kenny Albert. Um, you know, how's it going to be having uh, Boucher back? And, you know, what other things do you guys have in store for the 2023 season? Yeah, really excited, uh, Doug, to uh, you know to be back at TNT. It's uh, you know it, it, it's a family atmosphere there. It, it has been from day one, and I uh, just work with tremendous people on site, but also the people back at our home base in Atlanta. So very lucky to be on this team. And you know, look, we we, we lost a huge part of our family and our team in, in Jonesy and Keith Jones now running the show uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers and. You know, we wish Jonesy well and uh, we're going to miss him, but uh, we, you know, we still chat and stay in contact and still laugh and telling stories. But, you know, for us to be able to get Brian Boucher, uh, Bush is uh, is solid as a broadcaster is in the entire National Hockey League. And, you know, we're getting the band back together. Bush, Kenny and I, Kenny Albert and I, we were together at NBC at the end before, you know, NBC, uh, you know, wasn't in hockey into the NHL anymore. But, you know, we've done many, many games together and, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun. We got the goaltender down at ice level, which is, you know, which is going to be very important. And, and Bush was a longtime NHL goalie. And, you know, so I think just kind of getting our reps, we had an exhibition game out in Vegas uh, last week, which was fun to do, Colorado and Vegas. And I will say this, if I can really quick, Doug, like uh, not a lot, at least I shouldn't say not. I haven't heard Colorado's name mentioned a lot when it comes to, you know, Stanley Cup favorites. I know what their odds are. The last time I looked, I think I was checking out on, on DraftKings. I think they were like second or third choice, somewhere in that nine to 10 to one range. But I don't hear a lot of people picking the Colorado Avalanche. I'll just say this is A, they're hungry. B, they're mostly healthy for the first time in a long time. I know, you know, I know Gabe is Atlanta Skog is, is going to be out for a period of time, but, and they've made some really key acquisitions. They're bigger, they're heavier. They've got some guys that can roll around on the, you know, on the third and fourth line. So I just, just something throwing out there for Colorado. Um, don't hear their name being talked about a lot, but in saying that, uh, you know, I, I think we're just very excited to get back together and get a chance to open up, uh, you know, our first game, original six, six matchup, Bruins and Blackhawks. And obviously the storyline of the Bruins, unbelievable regular season and then losing in seven games in the in the playoffs and then losing the guys they did. And then obviously the Blackhawks winning the draft lottery and getting Connor Bedard. So we're, we're just very excited about being back together and being on TNT. And at the end of the day, we just like to have fun and tell stories. And, and hopefully when people, you know, turn the game off, that they're entertained in some form or fashion. And uh, I'm just very excited and honored to sit next to Kenny and have Bush take over for, for Jonesy. And uh, we're looking forward to kicking it off the right way. And, you know, we'll have the winter classic this year as well. We'll be in Seattle for the Vegas golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. So we'll be at T-Mobile park and uh, looking forward to that game out in Seattle and uh, should be, uh, should be a great season again. It's just very fortunate to be a part of the TNT family. Yeah, we are. I mean, I'm super excited for, you know, the NHL to be back and I'm excited to to hear you calling it again. Um, you know, it's going to be a great time and, you know, it, it's going to be exciting to see who lifts that cup at the end. Uh, Eddie Olchek, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Great to have you. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. 
That is it for today. Subscribe if you haven't already. And if you're enjoying the show, tell a friend. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow.